I'm Steve Carr. Uh, I work as a teacher. I've worked as a teacher for 20 years. I've also worked in, um, uh, in men's work, in one-to-one -one and with groups. I work with organizations on their emotional health. Um, and yeah, I'm on the journey and I'm learning every day. Um, and that's me. Thank you, Steve. Where are you based? <clears throat> Thanks, I'm based in London. Uh, a lot of the work I do is in and around London. I teach in London. Um, my personal work is in London, but I can also I also work on. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, I'll go. Okay, my name's Robert Miller. I'm based in Glasgow, and I uh, I work with uh, the physical body, the mental body, and the emotional body, and have done for the last twenty years. I help people recover their physical, mental, emotional health through many uh, techniques coming out of personal training, some Chinese medicine, some Ayurveda, Ayurvedic medicine, and also energy medicine through a training that I studied in America. So, uh, yeah, I help people recover from uh, dysfunction, starting first and foremost with myself. Uh, and have done for many years and still very much continue in that path. Uh, I'm part of a men's charity where I support men to uh, get the best from themselves. And I've also worked in organisations. I've, I've brought schools, uh, colleges, uh, and I do group trainings online with uh, men and women learning about the energy field and uh, personal development. So. That's me, I'm Robert Miller. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. <clears throat> so my name is uh, Ashley. I live in between Guildford and the South Coast. Um, I am an IT engineer. Um, that's uh, that's what, the, what the career was. And now I'm moving into being a, a shadow work coach. Um, and so I do shadow work coach for men and women. It's uh, on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, before the pandemic, it was all just face to face, and and then across the pandemic time, it was all online, and now it's a mixture of the two. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy the work. It transformed me, um, and uh, really, really humbles me to be a part of that journey for to help and guide someone else to to help them transform themselves when they, when they're ready, which is which is the really important thing. I have to be ready. That's me. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. I can go next. My name is Joseph Devlin, and I am a complementary health practitioner. I'm based in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I'm originally from New Zealand, and I work with clients and one-to-one, one-to-one, and also with groups. So I studied physio. Uh, I work with a range of hands-on techniques and exercise prescription and also using dry needles in order to get into the body and free up what's holding the body back. And it can be uncomfortable. The work that I do can be, um, can be challenging. Um, and through MKP and being in community with good men like these men here around me, I was introduced to the world of shadow work. And that inspired me to move into coaching. So now I also provide health coaching and that can be uncomfortable too. And that can be challenging in a different way. Uh, I like to meet my clients and go for a walk in the park. 
That's how I prefer to coach. That's the best way I find is to um, get out and, and be in uh, the bright sunshine that we have. Uh, I also work with organizations. I work with schools. I work with businesses. Uh, I lead a lot of uh, well-being workshops. Uh, I teach focus and resilience building workshops. I use a little bit of meditation, mindfulness, relaxation, uh, and also looking at boundaries and how healthy choices can bring about a uh, more positive life experience. That's me, in, and uh, really happy to be here today. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. My name is Thomas Munro. Um, I'm based in Bonerig in Midlothian in Scotland, uh, which is quite near Edinburgh. Um, I am the, the founder of Learning Circle Scotland, um, where hearts and minds connect to create a better world is my is my approach. Um, I currently uh, work with local organisations supporting people on an individual basis and designing uh, bespoke training to meet whatever needs the organisations come to me with. Uh, I also run groups online for, for men, for uh, male and female uh, foster carers, uh, an introduction to mindful self-compassion um, and men's circles and support circles online and face-to-face. I qualified in 2003 as a cognitive therapist and master practitioner of NLP. Um, and I now incorporate uh, some shadow work uh, practice into my, 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 my business and what I do and how I support people, having done the basic facilitator training and advanced facilitator training just recently. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here um, and I feel blessed to be part of this group. So. Uh, that I know through the Mankind Project. I want to just acknowledge that as well. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Thomas. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Bradley Tyack, or Brad. Um, I work predominantly as a men's mental and emotional health coach. Um, yeah, the, the, the clients I work with, um, yeah, generally uh, stuck in their lives and, and kind of really trying to figure out what it is to, to be a man in, this, in the world that we live in today. Um, and, and I, my work helps them break through the unconscious barriers that are, that are holding them back, um, and showing up in the world in, in their fullness and in their mature masculine. Um, yeah, much like, uh, all these other men we've all met through the mankind project. Um, we all have a passion for the work that we do. I know I speak for them as well because I've, I've chatted to them about the work. Um, yeah, I have a, I have a real uh, passion as well for equity, diversity, and inclusion. So I'm, I'm deeply involved in, in that work and I, and I uh, pursue it further more and more all the time. Um, and um, yeah, I have a, a deep desire to help everyone reach their potential. Um, I run an online platform um, through my company, Express Yourself Coaching at xyclife.com, um, uh, which is a platform uh, designed to support men and uh, give them loads of resources that they can access should they need. I'm from just outside Bristol. Well, I'm from South Africa, but I'm currently just outside Bristol in the UK, and I work predominantly online. And I work with training uh, staff in uh, the hospitality industry and other various organisations, and helping them look after their staff and uh, their overall well-being. So thanks for that, man, and uh, and welcome. And while we were all checking in, and I was listening to everybody check in, uh, um, I was wondering for myself um, what it was besides the qualifications um, that, that got each of us inspired to, to work in, in the way that we do. 
effectively we're working uh, in, in therapy and coaching people with various modalities um, and, and on a mental and emotional level. Um, that's how I perceive it right now. And those things are often quite taboo for, for, in my experience, for a lot of people to kind of go in that direction um, because of the experiences I feel that they've had. And I find that with my clients. So I find myself wondering what are the personal experience, personal experiences that have driven each of us to the work um, that we now do. And I wonder if each man, perhaps in the same order, might be able to, to just fill in a, enlighten us a couple of minutes on that. Well, it's a big question, Brad, for me anyway. But yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, I suppose a lot of the work I do is, is, is with teachers. I love teaching and uh, I've worked with teachers. Uh, I came into teaching 20 years ago and I came out of the Mankind Experience, the New Warrior Training Adventure, having learned something about shadow, the parts of me that I hide, repress and deny, the bits of me I don't want to see, the bits of me I don't want to own, the bits of me I don't want to show you, and yet the bits of me that run my life too often uh, and make me push me in directions I don't feel I want to go in. So I arrived into the classroom and teaching organizations into schools and just saw that actually a lot of what was in those schools was very punitive, like the children were being sort of punished in some way or uh, the teachers were not really very well equipped to deal with what was coming up for them on a personal level. Uh, teaching is about relationships, like everything in life. It, it, it's about my relationship with you. That's where we kind of make magic. That's where we make things happen. And in a classroom, it is the most uh, essential place where I find I need to be open, vulnerable, and able to take charge of that room in a, in a loving and compassionate way. Uh, and what I noticed in me and in the people I was working with, that, that the emotional element of what they were bringing was somehow being lost uh, and actually just ignored. And it was showing up as shadow and driving all sorts of behaviors in those environments that actually ended up being very negative for me and being negative for a lot of the children in those, in, in those environments. Uh, and, and if you really want to know what I think, I think it's, it's really shameful that we're still living in a society where uh, teachers and people who work with children aren't, who work with individuals maybe on any level, but particularly in schools, mm -hmm. aren't being asked to really show up for themselves and do some personal work where they really understand what might be getting in their way of just realizing how to create relationships in a positive way with the children in front of them. So that's what I do in schools. Uh, that's what I do in my teaching and I love it for that. And that's what I do in organizations. How can we help the relationships actually really buzz in this room uh, and get past our own defenses so that we can really begin to join together and focus on what really needs to do. So my own personal journey has been around that, really realizing about my own emotional health and the way that's driven me in all sorts of directions uh, and trying to take charge of that in some way um, that is really helpful and beneficial for me and the people around me in my own personal relationships with myself, with my wife, with my children. Um, and uh, the journey continues. Um, yeah, and that's what I want to share. That's my, that's my passion. It's important for me to keep moving in that direction. So that's that's the journey. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
Okay. Uh, Robert, same, same, uh, same question for you. Thank you, Pat. Uh, just kind of twofold. Did you? Uh, I kind of became my mum's therapist. Uh, she was unwell, so I had to kind of manage her, uh, her emotional health and her mental health, which was pretty horrific. So I had a good experience, and I also suffered trauma for that. So uh, a lot of it's actually unwinding my own trauma, what I'm doing and learning, and, and then uh, bringing that skill once I've learned it, helping others that are uh, in the path of healing their own stuff. But, what kind of brought me into the field uh, of healing or, or uh, well-being uh, and health was was actually the blessing of a leg break. I played I played football and uh, I, I got a leg break, which uh, I had to do rehabilitation from. And it was the first time I ever heard my heart talk was when I stepped off a treadmill, and it was just like this powerful, powerful. Uh, message this is where you should work and I was in a gymnasium uh, and it was like this is where you should work so that was the first time like I, I ever felt an intuitive part of me other than my head really talking deep to me so I followed that voice and signed up with an HND in health and fitness and uh, went into personal training and loved loved uh, the personal training side it was very successful but then uh I learned a few different healing modalities, different trainers, and it was a New Zealander that taught me a thing called EFP, and, and I was using a basic tapping technique or tapping. It's quite uh, quite uh, familiar now in, in, in the healing worlds, but I witnessed a miracle with that. I witnessed a woman uh, tap her body and start a woman who, for three years, had produced no saliva, and. Uh, yeah, uh, she'd had operations, uh, she'd been cut, scarred, medicated, and nothing worked for her. And I tried this simple process with this woman, and she, she did the, the noise and said I have saliva in my mouth for the first time. So that kind of moved me more into it. kind of woke me up to the body being a phenomenal organism that can heal itself instantly, just in the blinking eye. It was, so it was really... Uh, she she created that for herself and then just that blew my mind so that took me into studying how the body works in different forms of medicine other than the western model uh, I started studying more of the Chinese side of medicine <coughs> the energy pathways that relates to EFT and then I helped a doctor who was suffering cancer and then I came back after she did an operation and she uh, she healed herself working with me, so I uh, I was uh, beautifully gifted from that woman. She's quite a wealthy and elderly doctor with no family. She gifted me uh, the, the the fees to go and study for four years in the States with, uh, with a woman, uh, a doctor who worked with the energy body and the chakra system. So I've learned that and uh, I use that uh, as part of my coaching modality, along with holistic stuff and physical stuff. So a wee bit of everything just seems to come together and clients seem to uh, get benefits from it. So it just keeps, and it's all uh, really uh, underneath it all, it's all about me healing me, 
you know, becoming more of me, becoming a more loving, compassionate man that can uh, that can meet the world in, in a good way, uh, as opposed to being protected and defensive and, and angry sometimes. So really my <coughs> journey uh, has been about me healing me and uh, then once I've embodied that, other people seem to come that are ready for that healing. So that's that's what I got up to and how I do it. I go with the flow and it just seems to happen. So yeah, thanks Brad. Thanks for that, Robert. And just for you know, for anybody, when you're watching this and, and you see the hands go up, uh, that just means we're all agreeing or saying me too um, with, with what the other man has said, so concurring and uh, resonating. Um, Ashley, uh, same same question for you. What, what got you into this? What's your personal experience? So I hadn't done any personal work until, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. Um, uh, my ex-wife suggested that I should um and so i went to see a therapist <coughs> and after one or two sessions um he recently heard about the mankind project and he said i think this is going to work for you i really think you can check this out um i saw a couple of uh, youtube videos um from a couple of the guys that i still know are in mkp um and so, a couple of things that they said just really touched me i just thought wow you're being you've been really honest you've been vulnerable you know Robert, he had a, a tear going down his cheek because he was he was telling his story, and I thought, well, if I can get like some of what these guys have got out this weekend, like I yeah, I'm I'm all in. Um, and the weekend was is amazing. It is a really really phenomenal weekend. Um, the way that the processes just line up one after the other, it's just yeah, it's such a good weekend. And whilst I was there, halfway through, I was looking around the room and thinking some of you guys look like you've changed like you've actually changed in front of me since we've been here like and I was I was blown away you know all in the room we've all got personal baggage or personal history and I'm, I'm watching this process and think and thinking I, th I think this is actually working this is this is really blowing me away and it was like it was like I was watching magic um uh and the guy that was that was facilitating um beautiful man David Drysdale um he just, he was an absolute magician. He was a, he was a, a really lovely, gentle guy and the way that he facilitated, um, yeah, it just, it just caught me. And I thought, I, I don't know how you guys know what, how to do this, but I, I want to learn, I want a piece of this because this looks amazing. Um, and the longer I stayed in MKP, the more I could see the people around me changing, the, the people doing the work, they were, they were changing, they were showing up in different ways, they were becoming more intimate, they were becoming more vulnerable. Um, you know, people that had anger issues, it was, they were softening. They were becoming more gentle. And I was like, wow. And I was one of those people. I was I was seeing myself changing and seeing the other people around me changing. And yeah, it really touches me, really touches me. You know, my my parents, my parents are good people. They, you know, they are lovely people. My experience of their parenting gave me issues. It's not their fault, it's just the way it was. But I had to do something about it because it was impacting so many parts of my life. The way I related to my children, to my ex-wife, to my friends, to my family. It was, yeah, it was, it was all over all of it. I had, I had very little confidence. I certainly couldn't have done this 13 years ago. I would have, I would have been full of anxiety. The anxiety is just not there anymore. 
Um, sometimes I, I used to get really angry. I would explode, just like my dad did. I'd hold a lid on it, hold a lid on it, because it can't come out, because it's horrible and dangerous, and then bang, I'd explode, and I'd have no control over it. And that's not there anymore. Um, so yeah, watching these changes, I thought, I, I, I want this in my life, and, and, I, and I want to be a part of the journey for other people, not to, you know, not to, not to claim some badges or anything, but just like, wow, that was beautiful that I walked that journey with you, and now your life is different, and yeah, just, it really touches me, it brings me to tears, man, <laughs> really does. So yeah, I, uh, I, I decided to, to train to become a shadow work coach. I thought I handled a lot of my shadows before I went on the training and I was <laughs> wrong, really wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they really came up in that training big time and continued and, you know, and still, it's, it's still come up, you know, there's just that little tweak there, like, what's that? What, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing that? You know, that little subconscious stuff, just little tweaks to, to make other people's experience of me a better experience. That's me. Great. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Joseph. I go next. So my experience was similar to Robert, actually. Uh, I I uh, had a broken bone and playing rugby. And that caused me to really stop and really pay attention to my to my body. Um, and it was around about the same kind of time as that as I started to kind of unprocess or process, unpick my kind of conditioning, like the, the automatic um, the assumptions that I'd made about my life and who I was going to be and what I was doing. Um, I was studying physio and um, I kind of started to realize that it wasn't really the path that was going to be for me. And the path that I'd chosen was one of safety, you know, permanent pensionable position. And as the um, economy was changing around me, the, the, there were no jobs in the industry. There, there was none of that safety. I started to really question. And I think I started to get a little, um, a, a lot um, disheartened actually at what was happening in the world, what was happening to our environment, what was happening to um, the state of our water and our soil and the food systems. There was, a, there was a big period of searching. And I stumbled across a group of men up in Aberdeenshire, where I was living, up in northeast of Scotland, um, who were doing the work. They were MKP men. Uh, they are MKP men. Uh, they introduced me to, uh, to ceremony, to rites of passage work and uh, circling up and sitting around a fire and drinking tea and eating sausages on a Sunday and, um, and not drinking, but talking, you know, talking about life. And, and they were elders. They are elders. They're, they're, they're still older than me. I, have, I haven't caught up with them. <laughs> uh, spending time in nature, having, having real, real chats, you know, the, the, the real speak. And um, that got me into the work that got me on the weekend and into, into MKP. And then that's, uh, that was 10 years ago. And that's, that's been the opening of, a, of an internal uh, self-reflection, you know, into, into shadow and into my shadow and into what I was doing, how I was affecting my um, close uh, 
uh, relationships, you know, the conditioning that I picked up and how I was playing that out. So, um, yeah, I was, I was destructive. I was unhappy and, um, yeah, I was, I was acting out. I was, I was choosing to self-soothe, self-soothe in unhealthy ways, you know, reaching for, for a substance rather than, um, actually reaching within and being vulnerable and honest with how it's feeling. And, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of internal questioning that, that then changed or, or led me to change what I was doing and yeah, transitioning. I think this is where, um, the men's work can be really, really helpful is, is helping men to transition in a good way. And, and that's where I kind of see my, my coaching work is helping people who are transitioning either, either they are approaching a change or they have been through a change either in their business or career or in their relationship relationships with family or loved ones or and ultimately it's it's with myself with with i you know that's what i've learned is that it's all about the acceptance that i offer myself the compassion and the love that i offer or or i hold back and that's tied in with trust you know something recently really recently for the shadow work that's been brought up and gifted to me is around that trust, you know, do I trust others? Do I trust myself? Um, so these are the kind of themes that, that have been coming up, um, only over the last 10 years, <laughs> that's all. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's been a little bit what brought me, you know, to the, to, uh, to the gateway of, of the initiation process and to the gateway of the coaching process. And, and I think for me, um, when I, when I looked at what, what was happening in the world and to the world, I, I, I really reflected, I was like, well, really, I think we need more people to do things differently. You know, we, we need less people to be acting in the normal consumer mindset of, um, taking, taking from the world without giving anything back and taking from the environment. So that was a big driver for me and, and also from our relationships and, and how we, how we tread how we step in the world um, really, really kind of encouraged me to change and, and still does. Um, and like Robert, I broke a load, broke a load of bones, did a load of healing. I was, a, I was around a lot of people doing good body work and, and then started to realize actually the influence that we can have with our questions. I, I, I mentored or apprenticed with a beautiful physiotherapist um, who, who for, for, I, I got to listen to and how she would be with people for years. And, and I was like listening to that and realizing the magic that, that she could weave through the questions she was asking people. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a real, a real gift and a real shift that, um, we all have, you know, we, we all, we all do that. We all ask ourselves questions. We all ask questions of others. And that was kind of the nudge for me to, to diversify. And that's me in, I think. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting on being asked, but you, you wanted to be picked. I Thompson's <laughs> choice on the end, but not feeling Charlie almost. But yeah, it's it's uh, how long have you got, really? And um, how long have we got? Uh, what got me into the work was um, it was was it an accident? Um, I was living a life of complete invincibility. I thought I was totally invincible. Um, I was in my mid 
my mid twenties. Um, and my son was born uh, when I was twenty six, and I was involved in a series of different relationships. I was experiencing different forms of what I now know were addictions, both behavioural and substance. Um, and I met a man, <laughs> I met a man called Marcus, <laughs> who was a, a, a union um, analyst, a union psychotherapist. And he, and he was so gentle, but so strong. Um, and he opened my eyes, but he also opened my heart as well to other possibilities. Um, and I started reading and I started seeking because I wasn't happy with where I was and what I was doing, but I thought I was invincible. And that led to a series of, of, of learnings and various different qualifications and all the rest of it. And uh, I was in, I had been in the police, I'd served in the police for over 17 years. And when I say I got into this by accident, I actually think I really mean that because I had an accident on the motorcycle because I was invincible, you know. Um, I used to go to work and wear my underpants on the outside of my trousers like Superman did, you know, it was a bit like that. Um, and I used to think I was I was God's gift. And I came off this, I came off this bike um, uh, really quite fast. And I was really lucky to be able to get up off it um, with concussion and a dislocated shoulder, having slid along the road for a few metres. Um, but that really woke me up. Um, and this was something like seven years after I had met Marcus. So it was a, it was a period of time that took me to actually start to waken up to what was going on. I was still behaving in a similar way, but thinking that I could get away with it and not be honest with people. Um, and um, as a consequence of that, I ended up, I was I specialised in the police, I specialised in family protection, uh, a very early family protection unit where investigations, we specialised in um, sexual abuse cases, uh, physical, mental, psychological abuse of uh, mainly women and children, but, but men as well. Um, and that was really quite that was really quite challenging, um, and of course that that gave me permission to to self medicate um, in a very macho, unhealthy way, uh, which I would which I would describe as a very macho, unhealthy way because the, the culture in the police at the time was was alcohol based, really, um, and, and coping with whatever was going on. Uh, there was certainly not a place to do this, um, and I. Eventually, I uh, left policing um, after this wake-up call, um, and I'm really cutting the story short here. And then I, I did, I, I did, I tried to do what I'm doing now in 2003 to 2008 or so, 2005 to 2010, sorry. Um, and the world wasn't ready for it. Um, I, I failed. I, I said to myself, the world wasn't ready for it because it was my ego. But the reality was, I wasn't ready for it at that point um, and and in 2010 was when um, I met David Drysdale who's been mentioned already um, and David and myself and another man um, 
now a South African man who was staying in, in, in Edinburgh who had been on their NWTA were, were MKP men and they uh, we started the Edinburgh Mies Men's Group and then the I Group grew from that and that's still going to this day um, for it's been the last uh, 13, 14 years that's been on the go. And that and David was a was a wonderful man, but he was also a, a pain in the arse to a certain degree because he kept insisting that I should do this NWTA. And there was obviously some residual, as there probably still is, invincibility about me at that point because ah, I've read all these books, I've done enough personal development stuff, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm fixed, I'm okay, right? Um, and uh, little did I know that that what I found when I came together in a men's circle was was a community, uh, was somewhere that I could belong. And, and I'm feeling that now. I felt like every time I sit in a circle like this and every time I staff a, a, a new warrior training adventure weekend, I feel like I'm home. I feel safe. Um, I feel able to be vulnerable and be open and be honest, which uh, policing, teaching, um, even my family growing up, trying to make sense of living with a mentally ill parent wasn't an easy thing to do. And um, as a consequence of my uh, uh, work that I've done with MKP and the support that I've had and the individual work that I've, I've worked on myself and trained myself uh, and, and now deliver myself, um, I, I would say that I specialise in grief tending. Uh, because I found a lot of grief there underneath all my anger and all my fears, um, and I work I work well with uh, Twelve Steps. I support Twelve Step program work, um, and, and I incorporate that in what I do, um, because I have to I have to uh, live that life every day. Um, and as I heard uh, Ashley saying earlier on, the, the shadow work aspect of things. Becoming a shadow work practitioner complements everything that I've done uh, up until now and, in fact, enhances it, I would say. Um, it really builds on what, what's going on and uh, I really feel like I'm in the, the healthiest, happiest, best place I've, I've ever been in um, at the age of 52. So I feel really grateful uh, and blessed uh, at this opportunity to, to not only share but, but to reflect on, on how I got here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I'll leave it there. Actually, that's that's uh, that's how I got into it. That's my that's my answer. Thanks, Brad. Oh, thanks, thanks, Thomas. Yeah, and it's, there's always more to say, right? There is always more, and there'll be there'll be loads there'll be loads of time, loads more time uh, for for more of that to come out. So thank you, thank you all for for sharing that. And uh, certainly for me, there's pieces of mine in all of yours, um, and uh, it was really. Uh, great to sit for me to sit and listen and just absorb what each of you are saying and sharing um, from your hearts, right? And um, yeah, mine, yeah, um, yeah, much like like Ashley mentioned, you know, I mean, I, as I get older, I realize my parents were good people, but for all of my life, I hated them, didn't like them, you know, what I mean, I, I didn't like them, they were abusive in from what I can remember. They were, they were neglectful, they were distant, um, they were not supportive of me in, in ways that I needed or thought that I needed at the time. Um, there was always a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting, um, 
family split up when I was young. I mean, looking back, I realized who they are and, and what they were going through, what they were dealing with at the time. Uh, but that impact that it had on me <clears throat> um, was more than I could ever have imagined. And um, the way it started showing up was from a very young age, I had, uh, I had problems with anger. And I was that, that kid who used to walk around the house punching holes in the wall and the doors. Um, and, you know, we lived in a, in a prefabricated place in South Africa. Um, that means, you know, the walls were like, like that thin and then there's some asbestos and then there's another, another sort of panel on the other side so the fist can easily go straight through. So, I, I mean, I, I feel like I was a pretty strong kid, but that probably made me feel stronger at the time. But it was also, <laughs> it, was, it was also very satisfying. Uh, and this is as a five-year-old, right? Four or five-year-old. Um, and that sort of span out. Um, yeah, I was always the kind of black sheep sort of of the family in that way. And on the flip side of that, I was um, touted as the kind of the golden child in lots of ways as well. Like I was always maybe a little bit better at academics and sports than my brother and sister. I showed up a little bit better socially than they did. Um, and I seemed to, to kind of handle and manage situations and circumstances uh, in a more mature way than they did at the time. So there was that kind of dichotomy going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I got to high school, went to boarding school, and I just started smoking. I started smoking weed, cigarettes, started drinking it from a young age. And by 13, 13 and 14, I was bunking school, bunking out from the hostel to go and gamble, play pool for money, and uh, just drink, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I it was this again this dichotomy of like i'd be lined up one day outside the principal's office i'd be getting six jacks six of the best and then uh, a week later he's shaking my hand on stage and giving me a prize for the highest mark in business economics in the entire standard or grade as you know um so it was all of that uh, i eventually i got to a point where i dropped out of high school i ended up getting expelled from the hostel because of my uh my behavior i dropped out of high school um after that we started getting involved with gangs and stuff like that and um, just left home at 17. Um, got really into alcohol and drugs at an early age. Um, yeah, and it just went off the rails. Um, I sort of sobered up a little bit at 25. And I started to feel some of that magic again, some of that invincibility. Um, um, and it ended, I ended up getting to a point where I'd, I bought over a restaurant that I worked in as a waiter at the time um and that went on to win awards and, and all sorts of stuff for the next few years and i went on to run a breakfast show on on local radio in south africa so at the time now i'm 27 28 29 ish i feel like i'd hit a pinnacle um you know in in every sort of area of my life and i was literally bulletproof and unstoppable um and you know that's what had been missing as far as i was concerned because now, you know, up until that point as well, in my, from my sort of early 20s, actually late 18, 19, 20 to about 20, yeah, about 26, I was arrested seven times. Um, and I'd been to court a couple of times as well. Um, and when I was younger as a teenager, there was talk of sending me to like uh, Boys Town, which is a boys penitentiary, or sort of like boys, I don't know what you would call it here, but it's like a, a school for troubled kids, troubled boys, you go there. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I thought I'd made it at that point. It's like, I got the money now. That's kind of the only thing that was missing, right? Now the, the, the cash is flowing into my accounts. I've got these things happening, um, feeling a little bit more respected. So I had started going back onto the booze um, and that just spiraled out of control and I got addicted to crack. Um, yeah, crack. Um, and that took me out, just ruined everything. Uh, the restaurant bombed out. Um, I lost a job on radio. Um, I couldn't work for anyone or do anything else. I ended up breaking a leg as well in nine places um, or coming off a bike. Well, actually a moped. It was a, fifth, a 150cc. <laughs> so I tell you what, it was a bike. I mean, I've been riding motorbikes for longer than that. And it wasn't, it's not the biggest thing to brag about, but it shattered my, my ankle in eight places and broke my femur in one. Um, and that just spiraled out of control. I got very much into a victim state. Um, I was always accused of being angry and I felt misunderstood. And I was really sitting with this pain, this internal pain that I couldn't figure out. I just didn't know what to do with it. Like, and I didn't even realize it at the time that what I was doing was just suppressing the pain that I was feeling. The, the, the disconnection, the isolation, the loneliness, um, misunderstood, um, yeah, not worth it, just not, not feeling worthy at all in any way. Um, yeah, and I hit proper, proper rock bottom um, um, as it goes. Um, and I ended up, I had a plastic bag of belongings, you know, about that size just a bag that I would carry some stuff around in and I ended up sleeping on a floor. Fortunately, at a friend's place for six months before I finally started getting myself back on my feet and I went through through the 12-step program. And um, even though the 12-step program was working and it started keeping me sober, I'd relapsed a couple of times. Something still wasn't working for me. And a couple of the men in South Africa in the program um, that I would talk to or would talk to me had experienced the Mankind Project gone through the training and uh the first time the guy said to me he's like he's like yeah i can tell there's something not quite it's not quite clicking for you because i was still angry i was still it was really really struggling with life i was weighed down by all of it all of the sins of the past and just everything else as well and there was a lot that that the 12-step program helping me with um and the first time he said to me i don't think you're ready for it he said there's this training in you but i don't actually i don't think you're ready for it yet and i was 32 and I said, okay, well, whatever. And anyway, we got together about six or seven months later and I was in a similar place, but I progressed a little bit. And he goes, okay, well, now I think you might be ready. Try this training. Um, and that's where a big shift for me started to happen as well. Although I must say at the time, like the minds are blur, it didn't make any sense. But what I do remember is that I was ready to fight. I was ready to fight, which is how I experienced my whole life. Um, and I didn't get that back from these men. And these people around me in the Mankind Project that were asking me questions. And I was suspicious of everyone and everything. Um, and there was something happened where I was started to feel like maybe I'm actually understood and accepted. And that was a weird thing for me. That was a strange, strange thing for me. Um, but that's where the journey kind of really kicked in for me. And, you know, I, I'd always struggled with uh, my brother and I had always been a little bit different. Uh, he'd had some, some more challenges than I had um, uh, you know, just growing up in his learning capacity and all of that. And we hadn't really gelled. And, and I always wanted to try and help him with stuff. And I never used to be able to do it in a good way. I would always beat him up because <laughs> I would get so angry that he didn't understand me. And part of what I experienced at the Mankind Project was all these processes and ways that I was like, wow, what is this magical stuff? 
where people can ask me questions in a way that actually allows me to express myself in a good way, be understood and feel understood. So, so with all of that, myself and, you know, what I wanted for, for, for my brother, I thought, well, this is a really cool thing. I want to know more about all of this stuff. And that's where I got into the coaching, the uh, psychology, psychotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, uh, all of that sort of stuff. And um, as I've grown for myself and I wanted to heal myself and become a better man, I wasn't able to hold down relationships. Um, I wasn't able to be good for anyone in my life. Um, and then that inspired me to get into the work that I do today. Um, yeah. And, and I like to, I like to, to, to help my clients, the men that I work with and the people that I work with really kind of step into their kind of their, their warrior power into that sovereign warrior power, but with balance, with balance of, of the rest of the aspects of their lives. So, yeah. And then I still carry that with me all the time. I carry that with me all the time. And like Thomas and everyone else, there's always more to say, but that's the motivation for me doing this. Work. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Mm. Thank you, man. <sighs> Good talk, guys. <laughs>